Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah.
that we need right now. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it cooks. And then uh, we also got uh, our one of our other chefs in the building, Mr. Harvey, calling in. Mr. Harvey, what's going on, brother? What's up, fellas? <clears throat> I'm, I'm excited. I, like both of you said, lots of things going on. Interesting that we have a one versus eight seed matchup. Of course, at this time, you can throw, throw all the seeds out. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but lots of things going on in the world of sports. And as you guys know, even though it's off season, a lot of things, football still the news as well. So, man, it's it's always something good to talk about. And it's a pleasure and a privilege to chop it up with you two fellas, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So without further ado, let's get it let's get it on and popping, man. Um, I, you know, we'll, we'll get into the NBA. I definitely want you know spend a lot of time on that. We'll, we'll definitely be cooking that. But I wanted to talk about um, the NFL a little bit here. Um, obviously, the big news coming um, from over the weekend and, and into this week was uh, where the, the Arizona Cardinals releasing DeAndre Hopkins. So we haven't gotten a chance to cook that up on this show. So definitely wanted to give the chefs a, a little bit of time to to, to digest it and. and you know, possible landing spots. Um, you know, Timeless he was released. They couldn't find the trade partner. Partner, uh, the Cardinals. Um, they, 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 they got deals, but they weren't comfortable with the deals. So they, they had to release him at a certain point before that contract. You know, was you know against the cap, fully guaranteed, all that kind of minutia that a lot of people don't really talk about. So um, he was released, and now he he says. You know, everybody is fair game. You know, he's going to go through all the suitors. There's teams, obviously, that, um, you know, have the most interest um, or make the most sense. Let's put it that way, the Chiefs, the Bills. Um, you know, I think um, maybe the Jets were in that market, the Dolphins. But it looks like the Chiefs, the Bills uh, were probably some of the top teams. Maybe the, even the Ravens kind of got in the mix there as well. Um, there might be some other teams. There's a lot of teams, obviously, that could use his services that, you know, we all talk about. But Timeless, I mean, are you surprised that he was released instead of traded? And where do you think he fits? Uh, what's the best option for him uh, where he plays his football this this upcoming season? First things first, I pop. But let me go here. Okay, so this is the crazy part, okay? You have the Arizona Cardinals that really, to me, I'm going to say this here now, they give up on football, probably for like the next one to three seasons. I want to be fair with the number. The next one to three seasons, they're not going to be in any vivid fight, at least in the NFC West. Let me just do that. I, I, if they get to the playoffs, it'll be by a wild card, but I don't think they're knocking people off their feet. They are, they've lost J.J., J.J. Watt. They just released DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is going to be coming back from an injury. We don't know when. They they have a debacle on who they want to put in that quarterback right now. There's a brand new coaching system that they're bringing in there too, and they're getting rid of their biggest piece. Like like I think DeAndre Hopkins is one of their biggest pieces, notably offensively for me, at least for me. I'll speak on behalf of myself. I won't speak for nobody else. To me, I think he's the biggest piece for them offensively. Um, and Kyler Murray, we don't know what he is because he continues to get injured. So this is the hard part about the Cardinals now for you to release him and not get anything for it. That's why I'm like, the next year, two, three years, I don't feel like they'll be heavily competitive. Of course, they'll go out there and play games, but I think that they'll get rolled on and they may potentially be the number one pick 
next year. I know we said that last year about Seattle, and Seattle came out of nowhere and played ball, but I'm going to just say potentially they can be. But um, to throw out the situation that I'm throwing out right here in comparison to what's in front of them, just like you said, the Chiefs may be an ideal spot, the Bills may be an ideal spot. They are also throwing out the Jets as well to try to feed Aaron Rodgers another name. But why did you say all of those names? And the one that I'm getting the most feedback about, there is a song by Notorious B.I.G. called What's Beef? And the way the song starts, he goes, ha, 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 ha. He may end up in Michigan. Keep playing. Even C.J. Gardner-Johnson is trying to recruit him. Everybody and their mother's getting him, including, including Brad Holmes is trying to suit him down in the Michigan. It would be incredible if they could add him to that wide receiver core. I am loving where Brad Holmes is trying to put together, and they do have the money to make it happen, especially while Jamison Williams is out. So if they could pull that trigger to get him there, I'm talking crap. I've been I've been humble for far too long. If he could get that to happen, he don't got to go out there and be Superman. He could just play his role. If we need a big receiver that could take the top off of a defense, that would be him, and, and we can go absolutely crazy. But of course, just like you said, also Baltimore, especially with the addition of Odell, they need another receiver out there. Lamar's also, uh, also have been talking about how good the offense has been running, so they, to get another big name in that offense and his receiver court would help him. But I don't know if Baltimore really respects him to the fact that they're bringing another big receiver there. They they made him prove himself to get this money. He had to fight tooth and nail to get the money. So how do they put pieces around him? They're They're going to have to show that they want him to have those pieces around him. And I don't think Odell is just the piece. So they're going to have to bring somebody else other than DuVernay. And, of course, to me, the top two or three tight end and Mark Andrews. So there's a couple of teams. Well, the whole NFL will be available for DeAndre Hopkins. It ain't like no team can't use him. But um, there are quite a few teams right now that could definitely put these teams in big-time playoff contention, if not aspirations for a championship game. I don't want to just start throwing Super Bowl around, even though I can, but Definitely, there's a handful of teams that you could litter into this conversation and say it could happen. But just knowing that Honolulu Blue is a part of this conversation and nobody in here knows about it but me, ha, 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 I love this. So, Brad, pull the trigger. It makes a ton of sense. But, of course, who wants to see this dynasty continue to roll with the Chiefs and add another gun to Mahomes? And the Bills have had every other piece come through that offense as well. We'll see. And also you had DeAndre um, get mentioned by Deshaun Watson. Deshaun said he wants him back in Cleveland. But I don't. to me, I don't think that's a suiting spot for him. Cleveland still, to me, I feel like they have to build, even though these guys have chemistry from Houston. It, it's going to take a lot for it to get done. But I'm telling you, this, this, this is getting pretty spooky. And, and I'm just sitting on my hands right now. I don't want to see it. But just seeing a number 10 in Honolulu Blue. Yow. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, I think, you know, that I'm hearing that they got more investigations coming in with gambling. I hope that's not true. But, um, you know, every team is on the table but the Cardinals, right? I, I, I could definitely agree with that. So there's 31 teams that are, are in the market for DeAndre Hopkins. You can make a case for every one. I mean, my Giants are a team that can definitely use them. They don't have the cap space to make it happen. It all depends, right, TP and Mike, if he's looking for a payday that, you know, in his 30s or he's looking for that chip where he would take less money, 
than to join a team and, and try to chase that ring. I think the Browns are interesting. I think the Ravens are interesting. The Titans, the Patriots can all use them. You know, like I said, um, Chiefs and Bills, what have you. Um, Mike, what do you what do you think about uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting released and then um, the potential suitors for him? I mean, every team, in my opinion, is a suitor, but where do you think is the best fit for him? Well, let me start here. I, I think they couldn't find a trade partner because I think they were probably asking for a lot for him. And I can understand why, uh, well, you know, he he has missed some time over the last couple of years, suspensions, injuries. Father time catches up. So you wonder, you know, sometimes once guys start getting hurt, you're going to miss chunks of time every year. And so, I, once again, I would take him uh, on my team for sure. Uh, but that being said, you wonder if that drives the price down a little bit. Like you said, what's he looking for price-wise? And to me, the one thing the Cardinals get out of this is some cap relief. Um, they will be much worse than Seattle was um, last year. <laughs> uh, and you know, new coach, like you said, uh, with the quarterback coming off uh, back from injury, who knows if he's even going to be out there a lot of this year. I think that the as close as they can do it, they're kind of – trying to position themselves to get one of the top picks in this year's draft, right? Like, and so then this coaching staff can get an evaluation of what they've already invested a lot of money into Kyler Murray. I don't know what the outs are in that or what happens there, but it's, uh, you've already uh, hitched your horse to that wagon, uh, so to speak. And I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure the wheels are going to stay on. Uh, But that being said, you get cap relief. And and I agree with TP. He's their biggest star uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Hell, he's the biggest uh, star impact player on either side of the ball uh, for that team on a consistent basis and the most proven guy on that roster. So, you know, you let him go, you get the cap relief. I mean, this is the, uh, this is the whole, you know, what Miami did tank for Tua kind of thing, uh, except this is not going to – I'd be shocked if it's for a quarterback. I just don't see any other guy that or position player right now that really jumps out. I think a lot of teams could. You know, TP's right. Uh, the Lions have the money to make it happen. Um, I think Baltimore would be a place that they really should be looking strong at. I do know that they don't want to... I, I've heard that he doesn't want to play with OBJ. Uh, but, you know... I don't know the the story behind that. I don't see him going to Cleveland. Uh, but there are a bunch of teams that could use him. Juju, tell me where Juju signed again. I don't know the where Patriots, he signed. Right? I think he's going to put in New England. Okay, I think that's, so. You're right. That's, exa- that's exactly where it was. I knew he was in the AFC East. I just couldn't remember where. So he goes to New England. They could still use him, but they want. Uh, but, I mean, listen, a veteran in Kansas City, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I would take a little – I would probably take less money to go to Kansas City than I would about any other place in the league, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, but but that being said, uh, I think he would love to win. I think he'd like to have a championship. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to I, – I don't think that he's going to take a bargain basement deal either, right? So I think – there are a few teams that are definitely going to be uh, priced out of this. You know, I don't, you know the Saints um, and a few other teams that aren't going to have the money to make this happen. But 
I think I think Kansas City, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh could use him, though I don't know that they'd make the play. Uh, and, you know, another team that is not talked about that I think could really use him, uh, I still think Chicago could really use him. But at the same time, that's a team that needs a lot. Uh, but yeah. give Justin another weapon. I don't think Claypool is that guy. I don't care what anybody says. I don't think Claypool is that guy. That wide receiver room has to be upgraded. They've done a few things to try to make them better. Uh, but I think Chicago is a team that could really use him um, as well. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised to see Baltimore. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see Detroit. <clears throat> but I still feel like as as it really starts coming down to, uh, you know, the wire on where he might go, there's at least going to be one team uh, pop up out of nowhere. It's like, well, where did they come from? Uh you know, in that conversation. But listen, if, you know, we, we have to see, we haven't seen a full season out of him, but <clears throat> I think that we can all agree that if this guy's healthy and right, he's a huge difference maker and a big time, you know, impact player for whatever roster he ends up on. And like you said, TP, he doesn't have to be Superman on a lot of these rosters in Detroit and a lot of other places. He don't have to be Superman. Just go out and play his game. Uh, even if he's not taking the top off the defense the way he once was, he's a big physical guy that can high point the uh, football and it can be a, a security blanket as well. So he, he's he got a skill set that's going to play uh, in this league and, and be a huge impact player for wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, the best fit in my mind is Kansas City because, you know, they, they, they won a chip with Juju Smith, uh, Schuster as their number one receiver. Their number one was was Kelsey, obviously, but their number one wideout was Juju. So he could go and slot in there. And, you know, that team is so positioned to just keep reloading with um, the flexible contract Mahomes has. $40 million looks like a bargain, right, compared to what, like, you know, I think the top quarterbacks get over 50 um, Lamar got 52. I think uh, Rodgers is around 50. So that's a bargain. Um, so they and they have draft picks to keep reloading. So I think if he wanted to win a chip and have no questions asked, it would be Kansas City. I I would like to see him in Buffalo. Um, if it wasn't for the Giants, if it, if it was you know, obviously I would want him in the Giants. But I know it's not realistic. While the need is there, the fit is there, the the money's not there. Right, so um, while Detroit has the cap space, the Giants don't have that cap space. That they they only have like six million dollars, I think it is right now. So they can't they, unless he th- it takes less money, they can't afford. It. Buffalo would be a good fit. Buffalo needs defense in my mind. They need more defensive, like um, I think run stuffers and probably passers. Just on the defensive line, they need more help and probably at safety too. But, um, you know, offensively, he would be a good fit to go on the other side of Diggs, both guys up. So I think that fit is there. But Kansas City is probably – I think he ends up there. If I had to put money on it, that's where I think he ends up. CP, I don't know if you had anything to add before we shift gears, brother. I mean, I'm I'm actually, like, scratching my head on, like, why you so convinced about him in Kansas City. Um, they have Kelsey – and Schuster's mm. gone, but who else? Like Valdez Scantling ain't scary nobody. Like, huh? Right. 
Harmon? Like this? Harmon uh, Harmon is not consistent. We, we, I've talked about right. him for years with people that I've talked to on a, on a daily basis. Harmon is not consistent. Right. They've been trying to get rid of Harmon. He's just a speed demon. Like, I get it that they have the pieces of the puzzle with Kelsey and Mahomes. These guys are beatable. That offense is legit because of Andy Reid. If he goes there, he helps them. But they, they do not have this powerhouse offense. Their offensive line is key. They have a bunch of pieces that can make this happen. And dudes that got speed like Pacheco out of nowhere just started blossoming because he had enough speed to take that ball and go. He wasn't no big-time running back, but he was making that offense first. Schuster Smith didn't have a big season last year. So I, I feel like it's a good move for him to go with Mahomes because Mahomes is a great quarterback and having a, a – tight end ripped the teeth out the middle of a defense and Kelsey, that'd be good. But I'm not looking at this some super juggernaut receiving core. I, I still don't think that they're that potent offensively. I could, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. I'm looking at their depth chart right they now. They got it's, Tony it's, and Sky Moore, the rookie from last year, right, TP? Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get to it. Exactly. These guys aren't that scary that you're building them up to be, Barry. So, I, like, I'm, I'm – I'm totally against it. Like I feel like there's other teams. I feel like if you if we were to compare Buffalo receiving court to Kansas City's, I'm taking Buffalo's. With Dave, yeah, Dave Davis him compared to compared to what they have over there other than Kelsey makes it the threat because he's the, the receiver that has I mean he has tight he's a tight end with receiver speed. But everything else out there, these are regular names to me in their That's receiving right. core. But to me to me that makes the point of why he would be such a good fit with that team because right. he would be an upgrade. He would be an upgrade for them but, at the But then if we look position. at it like that, then look at look at Buffalo, right? Because Gabe Davis, a lot of people don't think that he's filling the shoes, but Gabe Davis is a threat. So if they feel like Gabe Davis right. ain't making a difference and they put him there and Gabe Davis is seeing a lot of one-on-ones as a 6'4 speedster and, and having him and Diggs with a – Diggs got – forget, he got a boulder on his shoulder from the past two seasons on the way things went up there. That could be terror – for teams, especially in the AFC East, where they're going to keep winning that thing. I don't think right now Rodgers and them supplant them. Where you're hearing so much melee about Rodgers in the AFC East, he goes there. What, what do the Jets look like now? You know, so, like, I I don't know. I beg to differ. It, it does look good with him and Mahomes and, and Kelsey. Yeah, that would look crazy, but just picture him in a, with Allen. With, every time he keeps falling short with Diggs. Uh, yelling at Allen on the sideline, and, and Davis got to prove himself, and, and him seeing a lot of one-on-one. And, and the, the small receiver that they will have underneath, even though Beasley's gone and I think McKenzie left too, but they'll still have somebody to fill that void. These te- there's a lot of teams loaded. I, I don't I don't just you know put this in front of Andy Reid, even though Andy Reid is the monster in front of an offense. Though I'm curious. Yeah, to know, I mean, I, I, I look at I look at Josh Allen though, TP, and I don't know if you agree. I think this year is really big for him like I didn't like what I saw from him last season I know he had the injury and in the playoffs the turnovers he's not careful with the ball he's making he's falling back into old habits and making bad decisions you know hopefully maybe I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins fixes that but he's got to make better decisions in the pocket stop trying to jack it down the field take the short dump off like Mahomes has learned to do and, and make yourself a better quarterback and make your team better go ahead Mike no, I, so I said last year that from what I saw in the postseason, uh, in the next year or two, I could see Trevor Lawrence being greater than Josh Allen in this league. Uh, but I agree with you on the pass rush. The one thing I am curious about, because we all saw how everybody walked off the field uh, at the end of the season, did cooler heads prevail? Do we know 
if uh, Diggs has been at any of the uh, OTAs or in, any the of the uh, in any of those uh, practices in Buffalo, has he been showing up? Because I know like I the have... season ended, he talked mm-hmm. about wanting out of there, right? And I understand they didn't make a trade or anything, but it, you know the cooler heads prevail, and he's like, okay, cool, I'm coming back. But but I know there was a ton of frustration with him. Uh, you know, going as the season ended, right? So, so, so as of as of he didn't attend any off season program, and he he did not show up to OTAs. Now the OTAs are voluntary, but he ain't there, and he didn't show up to any of the off season programs. They restructured his contract in March to free up some money. Um, so he got like I think it was converted into a signing bonus. You stretch it so that it doesn't hit the cap all this year. It kind of you know spaces out. I, to my knowledge, that's the only interaction that he's had with the team. Um, you know what I mean? Like that's all I've heard. I, TP, I don't know if you heard anything else. That's all I heard. I've I seen him in a couple of uh, different videos, him, him being with, like, some of the team, but I've seen him more or less working out with his brother, like, at their home okay. and um, do a workout with him and Trayvon. But I haven't seen too much of him in um, the Bills organization, but I've seen him, like, walk out there. So, But I, if, if, I think it would have been more of a stir if he wanted to go. And plus, he just got paid. I don't think Diggs is going anywhere. I think that was just more frustration of them losing it down the, the end of the uh, season and definitely in the playoffs. Where um, they feel like they felt like they had it figured out, especially uh, with momentum on their side. I, I think uh, a lot of what you guys said on Josh Allen is Josh Allen that um, I think Josh Allen plays that hero ball and tries to get it done more than trying to throw that short pass. And if he can, he has that arm to heave it, like just like us Stafford. They fall in love with seeing that deep ball get caught, and, um, and he can make those throws. And I, I think that's something that he wants to make happen. Um, if he can get another piece there, I mean, it, it's worthwhile, but it's tough for him to be 6'6", 250, and Limerick can run. And, and knowing that he could take off and make the easier play and make defense and just suck the teeth and have to go after get him in um, comparison to what's been happening now. And, and it, it's been a revolving door on the others being the receiver core underneath Diggs and Davis. But more or less under Diggs, though, because you got to think, Dawson Knox hasn't been available like that. Cole Beasley's been in and out of that lineup. McKenzie was in and out of that lineup. Like, these receivers haven't been consistent um, underneath the, the notable ones. And I guess when Diggs is looking for the ball because nobody else is providing, I, I, of course you'd be frustrated. And especially just think about this, what you guys are mentioning. If he leaves again, look at all of the chaos that's come, coming to Diggs. If him leaving Minnesota after the miracle, the air going to Buffalo, causing a stir up there, making that offense look good and just can't get the deal done, where's he going to go? He's going to want to go to Dallas to play with his brother? Is he going to go back home in Maryland, play with Baltimore or, or the uh, Commanders? Like, it'll be interesting if he wanted to leave. So I, I feel like he's got to try to figure this out somehow with Allen and try to get another big-name piece outside of Davis. That's why I'm like, Davis, Diggs, and Hopkins would be crazy if they could get that in a fourth receiver underneath, seeing a lot of one-on-one that can make damage happen. That'd be another threat. But, I mean, this Thanks. is to be continued, at least for me. <laughs> And keep yeah, in mind, I feel like they need a slot guy, though, right, TP? Like, they need a – they got two big guys on the outside, and they got a tight end that works the middle of the field. They just drafted the kid, right, um, the tight end. Um, I forget his name. Uh, not Musgrave. Musgrave went to the 
Packers. The kid from Notre Dame, right? Is that the one they drafted? Yeah, I think it's yeah, the kid from Notre Dame, Mayor. Um, so, yeah, so you guys uh, Mayor, 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 No, Mayor went to the Raiders. Mayor went, Mayor went to the Raiders. No, it was the other My, guy. Okay. All right, we'll figure that. I'm sorry. I apologize. It, it's been a while. But they got two tight ends, Knox, and the rookie that can play the middle. I feel like they need a slot guy, right, TP? They need a slot guy, an inside guy that can work the, the one-on-one to they, get the linebacker or safety. They've had slot guys. Beasley was a good one-on-one monster just that when Beasley right. came, he was fighting with the COVID situation, saying that he wasn't going to take the shot. <laughs> Then they got right, rid of him. Right. They brought McKenzie in. McKenzie wasn't really healthy on the roster, and and then they brought Beasley back, and then that didn't work out. Now Beasley's so-called retiring. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do here, but that's what I'm saying. Their fourth receiver could be big, and if they could move any of them inside there, let DeAndre work his magic on the outside like he normally does, it'd be crazy. But this is just all Buffalo driven. Like every other team has these uh, scenarios set up too. But I'm just saying, this see how stout it could be if he were to go to Buffalo. We, we're setting more chaos in Buffalo than we could think of in, in Kansas City. Right. I'm sorry, Mike, but Buffalo has got to figure it out soon. Their window, to me, is closing, and it's closing fast. And they, have, they need a they run game. I, I can care less about the slot. They need a run game. They can't get a running back to say they lie. They keep bringing running backs yeah. in there, and it just don't work. Name after name, and it's like they're nameless. Like They're bringing in um, Dalvin Cook, brother. They had Moss. They had – Singletary, none of these running backs are sticking. None of them. They rather run the ball with Josh Allen that can mess around and get hurt and mess them up because you keep running him and taking chances with him. And and he was injured last year too. So and losing games at the goal line because you're trying to run them like that. I still remember the Tennessee Titan game two years ago. Got knocked down at the goal line, lost the game. I still remember the game last year against Minnesota. He tried to need a ball, fumble, game over. Like these situations, you got to kind of try to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Uh, let somebody else try to win the game, too. This is not a one-man sport. It's 11 or 10 other guys outside of him, too. Right. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to make the same point that you are. I was going to say, though, they got to get, like we said earlier, they got to get the pass rush figured out. This team was not able to put a lot of pressure. And when Bob Miller went down uh, late in the season last year into the playoffs, they weren't able to do anything up front. And you're right, Barry. You can hear the the sound because that window is closing quickly in Orchard Park. Uh, they better get it figured out very soon. Yeah, I mean, the the AFC is only getting better, right? You look at the AFC East, arguably every team is a playoff threat. I mean, the Patriots might be the worst team in that division, and, and if they get a couple things breaking right, they could be right there in the mix. I mean, Every division is tough, right? The Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chargers should be better this year. They had no offensive line, you know. Um, that, you know, we, we're talking about Herbert with the the bruised ribs, or I think it was broken ribs. Like he was, he was a shell of himself. And they had injuries on the defense. The Chiefs are the champs. Um, you look at the the Jaguars. They're coming, right? They they, they had a really good season, um, you know, and, and should be able to build off that. And the the North is 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 arguably pretty stacked too. I mean, you're talking about the Steelers that should be getting better, the the Browns with a, a full year of Watson, uh, the Ravens obviously, and the the Bengals. Don't forget about the Bengals, right? <laughs> like the Bengals, I think they had a pretty darn good draft too. So the Bills, the, the, the windows closing, windows closing, but. Um, it'll be fun to see where Hopkins in, ends up, and, and you know we could talk NFL all day and it, and, and never get tired of it. So 
we'll see how this unfolds. As, you know, we're we're under a hundred days. I think we're ninety nine days until the start of the season, until kickoff. So, um, I think next month is when uh, players report and have to go, um, you know, into camp. So we'll see if Diggs, to TP's point, you know, snaps out of it and, and like like Mike says, you know, you know, come to Jesus moment and figured it out. So we'll see what happens. Call in number as always with the chef. Excuse me, nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. The callers cook out the. And Barry, is that kind of like ninety nine problems? You said ninety nine. Yeah, and a, yeah, and you know what? It ain't one, right? But uh, yeah, shout out to our sponsors, uh, PHI Apparel. Get to their website, phi.co. Use that promo code Chef. Get fifteen percent off that order. Use promo code Chef. Um, gotta pay the bills. Um, yeah. Look, listen, I got. I wanted to. Bounce to the N- NBA. <laughs> you, I, listen, I, I, it, it is NBA, but two stars from UConn. Well, not star, one star, one really good player. Um, decided to stay in the draft one day. Newton's coming back to UConn, but uh, Siago and um, Jackson Jr. Andre Jackson are staying in the draft. Uh, Jackson had a pretty good draft combine. He was hitting jump shots. He was hitting threes, which is kind of mind-boggling to me. He still got an ugly shot, but. He was hitting them. I think he got some good uh, feedback from the scouts and everything. He's staying in the draft. Thiago, uh, everybody knows he he was gonna. He's probably a lottery pick. Wasn't surprised that he's staying in the draft. TP, I know you're not a UConn guy like me, but are you surprised that those two guys are staying in the draft? Who cares? I don't care about UConn. Come on, get out of here with this stuff. Listen, this is crazy stuff about it. He said something about the Sixers. The Sixers just got Nick Nurse. That's that's big to me. But the, yeah, uh, that's the where I want to go. That's not where you wanted to go. You just said UConn. Listen, this is the crazy part. The Newton kid, I think he did need to stay. I think all of them really needed to stay to try to run that back as much as Hurley was saying, yeah. get to us now because once I get rolling, yeah. y'all ain't going to stop us. And it would have been good to at least have them try to repeat because the way that team is built, there's a lot of bigs. They got shooters. They, they can run five at you and replace them right off of the bench. So that's the one thing UConn does have. So, but they these guys are getting you know calls from scouts or talked by you know talked into the league and they're leaving at the wrong time. I feel like they're going to be a part of a bench. I don't see anybody on UConn's roster that just won the championship being started as soon as they get in there or as soon as they get drafted. They're going to be impact six six men of the year type. Like no, they're going to have to wait their turn. I don't I don't see any of them having that shine like that. But I get it. They're in front of yeah. millions of dollars, especially you telling these guys at twenty one, twenty two. To go get millions, I, I I don't blame them, but I feel like they got they got more time before they could come out the oven. Their their needle hasn't uh, risen yet, at least for me. Oh, I I agree. I thought we talked about it. We were sitting there watching the game. I I felt like Sonogo, Sonogo was going to go, but I felt like if he was smart, he would have stayed. But like you said, money talks, BS walks. So I mean, Jackson, he definitely should have stayed when he when he. Said he was going to go into the process. I knew he wasn't coming back. I just knew it because I, I just know how it is. But you're absolutely right. None of these kids, Hawkins included, will be a starter um, in the NBA their first year. And it might be a while. Never be role players. I, I think role players. Mike, I don't know if you know anything about it, but we'll have to get your feedback. And then I want to talk about Nick Nurse going to the Sixers. Now, so the only thing that I would say is. There's three or something people that are eligible and registered to go into the draft, and there's only about 60 spots. And so you hope they get drafted. 
and land in a spot that's going to work for them. And more than that, you hope they're a first-round draft pick because that's really the only round where you really get good guaranteed money. So uh, you hope the wrong people, that, that these kids aren't letting the wrong people get in their ears and, and cause them to make bad decisions. I do believe their stock would have improved uh, if they'd stayed for another year. But at the same time, if they feel they can get that money, like that's money that they that they never had or had a chance to get before. So you can't blame them for making the jump, but I think they would have both been better served to come back. I feel it seems to be kind of thing going on. Not a, I don't know, Oglethorpe, not a, not a Kemba Walker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, I hate, oh gosh. Remember the beat? Didn't he go to OKC for a second, TP? Like didn't you guys draft him? Like it was just bad. No, we did bad. not draft him. He, no, no, we we didn't draft him. The Grizzlies drafted him first and then they moved him to the G League and then we picked him up out of the G League and uh, that's when they went on the run to the, uh, Western Conference Finals, and in the year after that, they went to the finals. But we didn't, we didn't draft them. We just picked them up because we needed a big. And he sat the bench. Right. He didn't even play. Like these are, these are UConn <laughs> players. This is what I'm trying to tell you. These are UConn players. But how them Hoyas doing? Um, oh, oh, Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Jeff Green's in the finals. You want to talk about Jeff? Okay, so Jeff Green, he went to Georgia yeah, on a four-year. Yeah, yeah, when we were in college. You you asked me. You no, I was out of school. I was out of school. Listen, so this is the first question, Jeff Green. <laughs> He's on the Denver Nuggets, and they're in the finals right now. Am I lying? Somebody stop me if I'm lying. If I'm lying, I'll stop talking right now. You, just, you can Google all you want. You ask me if Jeff Green playing. Just let me know, and then I'll stop talking. I didn't ask you if Jeff okay. Green was playing. I just okay. asked you, you how the Hoyer. You said the Hoyer. That's what I'm, I'm giving you a Hoyer that's, that's, that's playing right now. You yeah, from like 80 years ago. Wait, give me a Husky that's in the finals. Okay, I'm going to let you play. Okay. Give me a Husky that's in the finals. Give me a Husky that's in the finals. Did you guys even make the tournament? You didn't even make wait, the NIT. Are you, gonna, let you, go are you, the are you going? Are you going? Well, we had a New York Knicks message up. His name was Patrick Ewer. You know who he is? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, you, I can do that. That's why you gassed out that laugh because you know. He's a legend. He's a legend. Four City, see what I'm saying? See what the Knicks taught him? Hey, look how it backfires. This is when the slingshot don't work. See? It don't, no, you just, you're just making up a narrative right now. Now you're just changing the goalposts. You're moving the goalposts. No, it's You said the Hoyas. Wait, he said, wait, wait, stop me if I'm lying. If he said how Hoyas, people. How is the Hoyas doing? Not a player that used to go it's, there. It's a Hoyas. I said, how is the Hoyas doing? Is the Hoyas fitting his fingers? There's a Hoyas out there fitting his fingers for a ring. About to get one out there in Colorado. Colorado. They they about to smoke with him, too. All of that out there. Watch, I'm telling you. Living in the past, yeah, I used to play for Denver too. <laughs> I, that was it. I'm, I'm talking about. Listen, listen. If I was down south, that was then. I'm talking about right now, right now. Yeah, right now. You the Hoyas are boo boo. Right now, the Hoyas are getting the Hoyas are bringing a championship to the finals. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Who? What? Uh, uh, all right, we're we're talking about the NBA. I, you're, I'm talking about anyway. I did. Nick Nurse. New coach, Philadelphia 76ers. They hired him yesterday, um, the, one of the big dominoes uh, to fall after all these coaches got fired. Nick Nurse, is repl- <laughs> they replaced the doctor with the nurse. That's like the funniest line I heard all day. But um, Doc Rivers is out. Nick Nurse is in. Uh, hopefully he has a better bedside manner with these players. See where I'm doing there? That's funny. Uh, I'm here all night. Um, but <laughs> I, listen, um, 
I think you got a stern coach, and you traded a stern coach for an even more stern coach, but we'll see how that works out for them. Um, TP, do you like the hire of Nick Nurse going to Philadelphia and, and, and trying to get these, this Sixers team over the hump? And what do you think that means for Embiid, Harden, and company? I'm going to be honest, this will make people mad. I don't think Nick Nurse is the coach for the Sixers. Well, I don't. He's a good coach for developing young talent and making that thing work out. These guys are getting older, especially Harder. Harder's nearing the end of his career. And um, every run that he had in, in Toronto, when he had Gasol there, Mark being Mark Gasol, Mark wasn't that big and impactful uh, being the big where you need to implement this game to be around Embiid. I want to see how he can make this work around Embiid when it was more of a, a backcourt thing or letting the swingman like, uh, you know, Kawhi, or Norm Powell take off and start hitting shots. You've never really seen a big go crazy for the Raptors on a night-by-night basis. You would see it here and there. Uh, if Marcus or maybe a Serge Ibaka could come in with a game, Siakam maybe, but Siakam is more of a swing to me. Like, it was one, two, and three with Nick Nurse. I want to see if he can make this happen with Maxi, Harden, Aging, and Embiid and having to make that work in a Raptors type of way where these guys don't even stay uh, stay true to defense, and this being the Sixers. The Sixers are more offensively powered than anything, and if their defense isn't clicking now and Nurse can't get them to do it either, this is going to be really tough. I do not like this quick fix. They hurried up and put him there. I feel like Nick Nurse could have served better on a different team, but this is definitely going to be a work in progress, and I don't think that this, this is a setback to me for the Sixers while I think Harden is approaching year 34. I think it'll be 34 this upcoming season, if not 35. I really want to say 34, but he's getting up there. I, I don't know how much time you think he has left either. So the sand is running out in that hourglass for these guys. So I, me personally, I don't think Nurse is the, the coach suited for the Sixers, but they pulled the trigger, so they got to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> definitely not the coach that I think um, Harden would have liked because he don't like coaches that get in his face and, and hold them accountable. That's why he loved D'Antoni. Uh, no D and D'Antoni. But, um, you know, I, I like Nurse because he, Nurse got a lot out of Siakam and made him into an all-star player, and I think he could do – he could probably do the same thing uh, for Maxi. I think Maxi has to be that number two guy, to your point, TB, because I just don't see Harden. I think he, he does it in spurts. He's kind of at that LeBron phase where – he can do it in spurts, but he can't do it all the time. So I, I, I really I, I agree with you, but I think I think Nurse is probably a good coach because you can't have a nice guy. This this team is too good to have a nice. Oh, everything's gonna be fine. Like, cause how did that work in Boston, which we'll get to in a minute? Like, I, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, they need somebody that's gonna hold them accountable and say, hey, well, we're up three two against a really good. Boston team at home, we're going to put them away. We're not going to be nice about it. So, I mean, Mike, what do you think about uh, Nick Nurse, you know, heading to uh, Philadelphia, the, the city of friendly love? Uh, well, I don't think they're going to love him a whole lot uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, listen, he had the one good year uh, when he had Kawhi and he had the church bounce. It got him past the Sixers. Um but if you look at his record, and I understand maybe not necessarily as much talent on the roster, but take away that one year, and he's a 500 coach in this league. Um, is that better than the guy that he's replacing? Uh, 
So looking at that, like I think Maxi does have to emerge as the number two. James Harden will be 35 in August. I think August 26 will be 35 years old if my memory serves. Um, so uh, looking at that, I just man, I don't, I don't really get it. I I feel like to TP's point, I think he's a better coach for uh, a, a young developing team. I thought somewhere like uh, Detroit or somewhere might have been a better fit for Nurts. But I had a feeling with him having won an NBA championship, regardless of uh, circumstances of it, I, I thought that one of these teams that were expected to compete for a championship this year that let go of their coach was probably going to hire him, and it just turned out that it was Philadelphia. But I'm not sure that this is any better a fit than the coach that they just had. I mean, we'll see. I, I think – probably Doc did need to move on and it was it was the right move uh for him to, you know, decide to you know, for them to decide to move on from him because I do think for whatever reason his message had got gone stale or he didn't really have uh the locker room anymore. But at the same time I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Nurts is the right answer. I there's nothing super impressive to me that just jumps out to me. Like if I were a a Sixers fan, I would not be uh, overly thrilled by this hire at all. You want to know where I think Nurse fits? The team that Nurse fits, especially the style that the Raptors have for a team that needs a coach, the Phoenix Suns right now. I thought you that would would, that. that would work. Right yeah. now, the way that the guard play works, and KD to play his inside-outside game like Siakam did in that postseason run where they won the championship – I think that would work more or less for DeAndre Ayton, too, where you don't have to put that fresh for Ayton to score like that instead of having a focal point of big like Embiid and not really seeing him have the big being focal, you know, being the focus of the offense like he did in Toronto. Marcus O didn't really have those 25, 30, 35, 40-point nights. I, I've never seen that with Marcus O. I've seen that with him in Memphis, but not in Toronto. So, this would be a work in progress for him to get this done in Philadelphia. I, I think this is a, a mistake to me. But it, it, things happen, but you got an aging team and, and a, a coach that's trying to prove himself. I feel like this could be milk and oil. It just won't mix. It's funny, TB, because I really felt like I, – I agree with you. I think Nurse is a better fit in Phoenix. But I feel like Phoenix didn't really – put the full court pressure on to get Nurse, which is kind of odd to me. I feel like they're trying to see if they can shake Ty Lue loose out of L.A. because I don't think Lou is happy in, in, with the Clippers, with that situation with his two stars barely available. Like, So I think they're trying to see if they can get him. And Lou, I think Lou is a better coach than Nurse. There's no question about it. But if he's not available, then what are you waiting for? I, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I agree. I think Nurse would have been a good fit in Phoenix, but I think Nurse can make it work in Philly. I feel like uh, I disagree. I just, you know, I, I just feel like he does have a chip, right? He knows what it takes to they get there. Albeit, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse and Ty Lue both have a championship. I feel Nick Nurse worked more for his championship than Ty Lue did. Ty Lue yeah, had a I mean, lineup with Kyrie. He had Kyrie, LeBron, and and the Pips. This this dude had Kawhi in Canada. Like like that was it. Like I give Nick Nurse yeah. credit for doing that compared to what Ty Lue had to deal with with at least eight stars running with LeBron in Cleveland. At least. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, a nurse got a little Kevin, bit of um, uh, 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 a role player. stimulus package. <laughs> huh? But we're saying again, TP. J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, and this, these are role players. These are the role players compared to um, Kyle Lowry, um, who was on the time, um, Fred Van Fleet. Like, he's getting these players, that he's getting optimal out of these guys. Like, I don't know. To me, I feel like Ty Lue had a, a, a magic carpet ride, Aladdin and Princess um, Jasmine. I, I feel like that's what happened. But I think Ty Lue is a damn good coach, and I, I think he doesn't get enough credit. You look at – Look at what he did, not this season, last year with his players not healthy. He took that team pretty darn far. Like, he's a damn good coach. I, I think he – Where did they I go think last people, year? What's that? Where did they go last year? Didn't they go – was it last year or the year before that? Didn't they go to the Western Conference Finals? Hell no. What's the, wrong with Luca and I punched him in the face last year. Don't forget oh, that. The, the year before that. The year before. The year before that didn't. Um, Paul George got hurt, and, right? In the in the playoffs. Yeah, the year before that, they Paul lost to the Phoenix. They lost to the Phoenix before that. In the Western Conference Finals, like that year. Is that year two years ago? Not last year. I apologize. But that was okay. a heck of a run with a, a, a half healthy team. Obviously, no Kawhi. Because <laughs> no Kawhi, uh, it's a day is long. Uh, no Kawhi, but um, listen, I, I I hope it works out for for Philly. You know, those that fan base is starving, and I feel like if it doesn't work out, they have a lot of questions that need to be answered with that roster. Daryl Morley, I don't I don't I don't know if I don't know if Harden comes back. To be honest with you, do you, do you think Harden comes back? <laughs> I mean, his money's there for now. His, his money's there for now. I, I, I think so regarding on, you know, how much of a thing he can make happen because he's later in his career right now, and a lot of people don't know how much he has left in the tank. But people, he just right. said he holds Philly gets it done, people. He just, this New York riddled mother sucker sat up here and said he holds Philly gets it done. Wow. I'm, I'm startled, everybody. I don't know what's happening. Shy, if you hear me, stop putting stuff in that boy food, please. He's up here eating his stuff, please. Don't do it no more. Get that boy some water, please. I don't know what's happening. Stop it. I can't be. I can't be hopeful. Like I don't care if they for win. Philly, they for Philadelphia, win. for Philadelphia, dude, you, dude, the dude, New York, I, dude, dude, the dude. New York. Not everybody holds hate in their heart like you. Okay. You that, the money is there. 
I feel like maybe, you know, I, I keep hearing people say he wants to go back to Houston. I think that would be terrible for the franchise. Um, if he doesn't go back there, I'm not sure how many teams uh, really would uh, kick up a big fuss to get him on their roster uh, at this point in his in his career. I think with the guys on this team, this is probably the best fit for him. I feel like when his shot's falling, he's still really dangerous. But at times, he's still a good passer um, and can do some things with the ball in his hand. Uh, and I think in the you know, if, if they have the right system in place, even when his shot's not falling, he can help uh, Embiid and, and Maxi maximize their talent and be good for this team. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know that I, – I don't know if I'm sure that he wants to, but I just don't know how many options he has. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see him – I don't know. I don't see him wanting to come back to Philly to play for Nurse. I just don't see it happening. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't have the say in the coach that came in, in my opinion. I think that was uh, – I think that had to be more more Embiid than him. But we'll see how it works out. Um, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of options. He'd be disappointed. I mean, he's getting older. I mean, not a lot of options for this guy. So, um, But, yeah. If he wants to be a role player, if he, wants to, if he wants to go somewhere and be a role player, then that's the only way. But I don't – I don't see Harden being a role guy. He, he's still a focal point yeah. on an offense, but he doesn't have that, that scoring output like he used to when he was in Houston. That's why I feel like he's trying to get to Houston, like you mentioned, but I, I don't even think that's a good move with all the guard talent they have there. It, it, Houston won't be it. He's going to have to find a team like L.A. or something, and I really think like the Lakers or something to be a piece of that with LeBron. Oh, no. AD. Yeah, that minimal money. Minimal money because he, he's going to be like a mellow. He's going to be a wandering man until he retires and at that point because there's no way he's getting $40, 50000000 million a year. I think he would. No, he's not requiring that much. He's not, he's not worth that anymore. He's older. He's not going to get that anymore. Not at 34, but he agreed. He wants his money. He took a pay cut this year. He wants his money. But people in hell want water, too. <laughs> you, 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 you better go play in Greece, dog. You better go play in Greece or uh, Spain or something. Well, the G Elite, does it ignite? Go to the ignite the G Elite. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what what I don't time know. to say last year? The Rancho Cucamonga Cockroaches. Go play for them. Yeah, that's basically it. Because he, well, he took thirty something million this year. That was a pay cut to make it work to get those pieces around in Philly. And they still didn't get it done. So he's going to be like, well, I, I did my part last year. I want my money this year. And I don't know who's going to pay him. So, In the words of Snoop Dogg, in the words of Snoop Dogg, and it got to be bumping, hell yeah, in the city of Compton. That, that's where he's from. That's where he's from. Walking right yeah, back well, to Los Angeles. Well, we're not taking him in Lakerville. It ain't happening. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm, put, I'm mm-hmm. speaking it to existence. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't talk to me like. Wh- listen, why you? Listen, I come on the show with you guys. I I, I support. <laughs> I'm, I'm active. Why you gotta cuss me out like that? I, that's what I want to. Yeah, know. listen. That, that's the missing piece for you. You t- trade. You can oh. get rid of D'Angelo Russell. You get rid of that guy. You bring back Arthur Reed. You bring back uh, Ru- uh You got you got Ru- those two guys. Ru- those pieces. And then you bring in a, 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 another score in Harden. Let Harden cook in L.A. 
coming home. Tell the world that he's coming, coming home. I'm coming mm-hmm. home. <laughs> mm-hmm. going back to, listen, he got a house in Houston. He got a house in Houston. Go stunt the growth of those guys there. <laughs> go stunt the growth of uh, Jabari Smith and Jalen Green. And, and mess them up. Don't come to my friend. <laughs> I'm going back to Philly, and now he's like, "Oh, mess them kids up at Houston. Don't come with my team." <laughs> no, listen, oh, we're, 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 we're not breaking out the LL Cool J going back to Cali song for James Harden. You didn't say that to LeBron when LeBron messed up the Lakers. You didn't say that to LeBron when LeBron messed up the Lakers. You let him do that. Why? Why can't Harden? I didn't want him either, but I had once they signed him, I didn't have a choice, did I? Like, listen, so you I know, want everybody, everybody wanted, wanted, everybody wanted the king. Yeah. Everybody wanted the king. Now you got the beard. He, what did he say? I'm supposed to be a number one on everybody's list? <laughs> we'll see what happens when I walk. <laughs> yeah, what more can I say? Yeah, that's what he like said. That's what he posted on his Instagram. That's what he posted on his I'm supposed to be number one on everybody's list. You supposed to be? Really? Really? Wait, LeBron said that? Yeah. He po- he posted oh, a picture of him from uh, a a picture when he was in high school and he quoted the Jay Z like the last two bars and what more can I say? I'm supposed to be number yeah. one on everybody's list. I'm like, Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You ain't seen the last dance? <laughs> no, so, Jordan ain't get swept in a four game series. <laughs> See, and then you, you you hear the devil is laughing, people. You hear it. He said he's not a. Uh, he, Man, I'm and the said, made it further it. than your Knicks. Made it further than your Knicks. What's Ooh. that? Wait, Ooh. what? What well, are you saying? Made it further than your Knicks with a lower seed. Who? Who? The King? Yeah. The Lakers made it further than your Knicks with a lower seed. Burn it at the side of the dome. Come out of my throne. Jamal and, and Joker said, get out of my throne. I got this block since night. But I am the truest. <laughs> Name a big that I ain't in blue. Still, still came a lot closer right. than your Knicks. That's fine. I just uh, I, I had nothing but contempt and hate for LeBron. That's fine. But you didn't want him. You didn't want him. Now, now oh, he made, we made it better from further than your Knicks. Come on now. You didn't even want him. You didn't even want him. You didn't want the king. <laughs> Is this your king? Is this your king? I love it. Listen, listen. He told y'all he wasn't a hater, Twisted. I'm just letting y'all know oh, that he just said that. Come on. Oh, TT, I've been doing this with you for 10 years. You, everybody knows hey. the villain's a hater, and the villain hates LeBron James. Wait, no, but TT, <laughs> three. You tried to push out agenda on me. That's the bad part. Sports City, you understand what I'm going through nowadays. This is what I'm talking about. This type of stuff right here. That devil is laugh, that devil is grin, and he tried to tell you that I'm the hater, and you hear him saying that as I told you a little while ago. He said he's the hater. And he said everybody said he's the hater. Sports City, I'm not lying to you. I swear I know lying. Don't get it. He a mentiroso. He a mentiroso. He a mentiroso. No bueno. No. <laughs> no, you got you gotta somehow you gotta somehow wipe Magic, Kobe and Kareem from existence to be considered the king in Laker land. That's a fact. All right, all right, let me ask you a question, Mike. And then I, I got I wanna talk about the, the the Celtics and I wanna get to the finals. Is he an all time great Laker? 
Would you retire his number? At this point, I probably would not. Um, I, I think he has been good for this team. I think that some of the player-driven moves messed up that roster for a while. Uh, they won one championship, you know, uh, one other trip to the Western Conference Finals, but it missed the playoffs twice in his five years there. So uh, would I retire his number? Uh, probably not, even though he set the scoring record there. Now, I understand that's an unpopular decision. There are a lot of Lakers fans and a lot of people that would disagree with me, but I would not. Now, I will say with this caveat, because once he's there, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. He's going to be on the roster, at least for right now. Of course, all the talk at the end of the season, act like he might want to take a year off. We'll see what happens. Um, If his story is complete in L.A., then I would not retire his number. Comes back and or, you know, if somehow they find a way before he's done to to win another ring or something, then ask me at that point. But right now, no, I would not. I definitely would not retire his number. I I don't – dude, he's a great player in a Laker jersey. That's it. That's like Jordan getting number 23 retired with the Wizards. Give me a break, dude. Like, even though Jordan didn't win a chip and LeBron did win a chip, he's not an all-time great Laker. I can la- I can name at least five Lakers better than LeBron. As a Laker, not a great player, like, better than LeBron. There's greater Lakers you, than LeBron. You, yeah, you got the three I just named plus Shaq, and you still haven't even talked about Jerry West. You haven't talked about – Jerry West. I mean, I could, I could argue James Worthy was a better Laker. Yeah, James Worthy – Magic, Worthy, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, West, Chamberlain's probably better, Elgin Baylor, those guys are better Lakers than LeBron James. It's not saying that LeBron players in LeBron James. They're not. They're probably not. But as a Laker, the greatest Laker is to me is Magic Johnson, then it's Kobe. Le- LeBron's not on that list as a Laker. You, you take his, what, four, five years, four or five years as a Laker, it doesn't compare to anybody else. I'm sorry. It doesn't. It, he made all NBA te- Great. Terrific. No MVPs. That's, I, no. So, I'm sorry. I, timeless, I don't know if you wanted to chime in, but that's just the, – these are LeBron stands that want him on the pedestal of everything. And if he's not there, we're haters. And I'm proud to be a hater. I don't care. <laughs> I told you guys 25 minutes ago. I told you 25 minutes ago what this guy said. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not a hater. Now he is convincingly saying this to you guys. I just want you guys to know that. I just want y'all to know that. The crazy part is I don't think he should, but it will because all three of the (laughs) records have been broken by Lakers. It was Wilt, Kareem, it's LeBron. So you have at least three of these guys that wore that purple and gold that broke the record. They're going to do that just because of that. I don't think that in the time that LeBron was there that he did anything significant other than this. Even nowadays, more and more as time goes by, people are giving more of the uh, the fuming situation that they are not counting that bubble situation because look, look at how the Lakers look now without the concentration of everybody focusing on the world burning. The Lakers have not been successful since that season. And let alone outside of that, they've lost more than, I want to say, at least, I want to be fair with a number, at least a good solid 17 to 20 players in the time that he's been there because he's trying to set this up the way that he wants it. 
Um, the Lakers are in turmoil since he's been there. Of course, he has a scoring record, and I think he's more or less just sitting up here padding stats. That's why he's been giving you those clamoring situations about quote-unquote thoughts of retirement because he knows there's nothing left in L.A. with everything that he's done there now. All this is is how many points he can put on the board and how he can end up playing with Bronny. I, I don't respect what he did to end his career right now, um, even though he is legendary, great, awesome, one of the top ten in the league to me. But um, I don't think he should be there, but I definitely think he will get a jersey retired there, definitely for sure. I agree. I feel like he will get it retired because the league, the league is stupid. They love LeBron. Everything he does, he sneezes. LeBron sneezed today in news back to our regular schedule program. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his number retired. Why not? They do everything else. Uh, call number 929-477-2759. TP, I'm going to come right back to you. The Celtics made it. They made it a comeback like, like LL. Don't call it a comeback. Because they didn't finish the job, um, they they got they <laughs> they made it to Game Seven after being down three zero three however you want to look at it, but couldn't steal the deal at home. Terrible record at home in the playoffs. I think they lost three games to the Heat at home. They're they're home and they got a lot of questions more than they have answers. TP, who do you think is the most to blame for this uh, Celtics debacle, and what are they going to do with Jalen Brown? Um, Sports City, please excuse me. I'm going to apologize here before I get into this spiel. The person, or let me let me do it like if you were looking at a multiple choice, right? The person with the bracket and the S, right? The persons, let me the front office. That's right. The Boston Celtics front office lost the situation. This all spills back until the off season of 2022 coming into this season in which one of those execs' wives mess with Ime Yudoka, and then it's turmoil. The guy loses his job because of this bull crap that you guys having off-the-court situations, an affair that has nothing to do with basketball. You get rid of your coach that just got you to the finals after a year. The crazy part about it is that team has chemistry, so they knew how to get it to work somehow, some way throughout the season. Good thing that Missoula was an okay coach but couldn't handle the pressure when the heat started hitting them. Pun intended, too. That's the crazy part. Now, um, player-wise, this is where it's going to get hairy. Um, I love Jalen Brown as a player, too, and I feel like he's more the consistent player of the Celtics. I think that he fell asleep in this series against the Heat. He did. But more or less, where is the consistency out of Jason Tatum? Everybody streams Tatum this, Tatum that. Tatum has games where he could give you that 51-point game like he did against Philly and then go into the fourth quarter and have three points because he's launching threes. You're helping other teams. Both of them together are tied together. I don't want to see them split up. I don't. I want to see them attack this same situation. Boston could be broke trying to pay both of them, which they should. They both deserve it. You have people come out there saying that this is the ceiling, that this is it, break it up, blow it up. I don't want to listen to them. They say, as y'all guys know what happened in-house, Y'all make it happen, and the one person I think that they're going to have to try to hang on to is Al Horford, but he's older now. Al Horford is one of their instrumental pieces, but once he leaves, it's like, then what? What do they do with the big situation? But, again, I think the two hostiles of the situation, Jalen and Jason, both are to blame as the players on the court. Um, You had Marcus Smart starting to step his game up. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon started to fall asleep a little bit. 
Um, again, Missoula was actually taking Rob Williams off the floor a lot. And then in games where he was leaving them on the floor, this guy was big, actually getting rebounds and blocks. you got to keep these guys on the floor. And I think they just overlooked them and tried to use them too little too late when the Heat were already out and running. And then for them to face a 3-0 deficit, nobody wanted to protect home until they got down to game four and just wanted to fight for their lives. And I give Boston credit for fighting that much, but this is a total team effort, and it starts from the top. The front office first, then the big dogs being Jalen and Jason, and then everybody else after that. I feel that's how the blame goes. Um, I really felt like Jalen was the more consistent one throughout the past two, three years. He fell asleep when they needed him right now. And uh, Tatum, I'm, I'm sorry, as much as attention they give you and so on and so forth, Derek White had to save your tail game six. There's games where you are sitting up here with 10 to 12 points and you got to go on a barrage of three-point shooting in the fourth quarter to try to make it happen. I'm I'm tired of that. For you to be a 6'9 player and having a lot of mismatches that are going your way and you settle for a step-back jump shot and could potentially miss more than you're making – I'm, I'm not buying that. You should have a chip on your shoulder. If not, I'm putting it there until you prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Period. Yeah, well, so much to unpack there, TP. Mike, I mean, what, who do you who do you think is the most to blame? And do do the Celtics work to keep this duo together? I agree with TP, and I look at the front office and guys on the court. I think there's enough blame to go around. In this, uh, this team has had a lot of success, but hasn't quite reached the pinnacle. Um, do I think that the guy, their head coach, can coach? Yes. Do I think he was that some of the moments were a little bit too big for him in the playoffs? Definitely. Uh, it, I think if you had your regular coach, it probably would have been fine. I think that. Their current coach will probably learn from this and be better in the future. But to answer your question, like, you know, these are two wings. I think you can keep both of them. To me, what you have to figure out is what you're going to do about size inside. And I think they need a legit, like, full general playmaker to help these guys out. Uh, at times, too many turnovers because uh, – these guys have to or have the ball in their hands too much, uh, you know, trying to do a little bit of everything and play hero ball sometimes. I think a legit point guard that's a facilitator first uh, that can play some defense along with some help as far as size goes. Because Horford's old, and even now, when you look at Horford, he's also turning into – you know, he's shooting the ball from outside like every other, like, new age big man wants to try to do. Uh, and so you need somebody that can do some damage around the rim for this team and a playmaker at the point guard position. Uh, but uh, unless you get an offer that really blows you away, in, in my opinion, I would stay with, with Tatum and Brown because I think that's a – even though they're both wings, I do think it's a solid foundation to continue to build off of. And it seems like they've been in the league for a long time. But neither one of these guys are that old. Uh, but I also think that having the right chemistry in that locker room to help bring the best out of these guys. Jason Tatum needs a little bit more dog in him, um, a little bit more fire. And I don't know if you can – you can't always teach that. So, But I, 
to me, I still think it's hard for me to think about Boston and come up with uh, what I think would be the best options for them because kind of like you and and the Eagles, I'm you know they could go two times, like you said. But <laughs> I, I I keep uh, I keep Tatum and Brown. I figure out something inside. And a legit playmaker. Marcus Smart's a good defender. Does a lot for this team. Brogdon kind of fell asleep. Was not, you know, everything they hoped him to, hoped he would be. But I think you need a legit playmaker to put the to get the ball to these guys in more favorable positions. And they need a steadier hand. When Boston's shooting well and taking care of the basketball and the, and they're moving without the ball and the ball's moving well, they are one of the hardest teams to handle in the league. But when they get stagnant and do a lot of ISO and you got Tatum and or Brown trying to play hero ball and you got, you know, your big man stepping out taking shots that aren't falling, uh, then they become a much easier matchup. I think you got to highlight what really works and you got to bring in a couple of guys to really uh, find a way to help accentuate that for you. Yeah, I mean – there's so many things that are going wrong with Boston. Um, Brogdon was brought in to be that facilitator, that playmaker, but he was hurt uh, in, in these playoffs, especially in, in this last series. Uh, Robert Williams, he, he's the guy that they've been clamoring for to, to, to be that, that space eater to protect around and to be the pick-and-roll guy and the defender. He was sick. Game seven only played, what, 13 minutes or so? Um, Tatum first play of the game gets hurt, right? I think if he doesn't get hurt, it's a different, different kind of atmosphere and a different outcome for the Celtics. But you know that kind of put the pressure on Jalen Brown to be that number one, and he didn't live up to it. He he's a really good two. I don't know if he's a number one on a team, right? I think I think you have to keep those two together because it, even though it's going to be expensive. It's going to cost you a half a billion dollars. And with the new uh, CBA coming into play, it's going to be hard to build a team around those two. When you're paying him $295 million and then Tatum $315 million, it's going to be a lot of money to tie up with those two guys, right? But you don't, you're not going to find two guys like that. You're not going to be able to put two guys together like that on a team with the new CBA rules. So, I agree. I, I was talking to my brother, uh, TP knows, and, and one of the guys that, that sings our uh, intro song, uh, Taj, and he has a single out too. Get out there and listen to that. Um, but he was like, Marcus Smart is a good player. He's a good point guard. He's a defender. But he's not the point guard they need. They need a facilitator a guy that can get them into the offense because, to Mike's point, there is too much hero ball. There is too much of those guys dribbling and trying to create for themselves and don't create for others, right? So it's hard to put those two together, Tatum and Brown, where you don't have a guy that can get easier shots for them. I I would think on paper, Brown for Lillard makes total sense, but will they do that? I don't know, especially with this uh, the Trailblazers is having the number three pick now. I don't know if they make that deal. I don't know if it's something they would consider. 
I think you got to get a point guard that can run the offense and get easier shots for them. But I agree with Ty. TP, there's a lot of problems with this front office, how they handled the Indoka uh, situation, how they just handed the reins to Missoula and, and took the interim tag off them just to prove that they were right about um, Ume to begin with. You know, I, I don't resolve him. I think how they handled the whole situation is a joke. And TP said it right last week. You know, this is their comeuppance. But you look at Mazzola, he got thoroughly outcoached by Spolstra, which I'm not surprised at. But it got to the point where I'm hearing that when they were calling timeouts in Game 7, TP, it was Horford that was running the, the, the timeout, telling guys what to do, being the head coach. And then Mazzola, like the last, you know, 20 seconds or so, would come in with his assistant coaches, his pretty much yes man, who nobody's heard of, and and try to give some instruction. Like, he couldn't adjust. He couldn't handle the moment. And then you just gave this guy free rate. You know, he's the head coach. Now, do I think he can be a coach in this league? Absolutely. But I think he's got a long way to go. And I don't know if he – listen, Ume was the guy that – Got them, got got their heads out of their you know what, and got them to play defense. And, and Mazzola was the guy that figured it out on offense for this team last year to help Brown and Tatum kind of play together. But it was the defense that propelled them last year. And you know, if it wasn't for a couple breaks, they might have won the chip last year. And then this year, the defense totally failed. So there's a lot of problems in Boston. I like I said, I would I said last year when Mike and I had a show, that I'd break these two up. I feel like you got to keep them together, but you got to find better pieces around them. And I have to say it, I've heard it said around too, and I'd love to get your opinion quickly on it, but this team is mentally soft. I said they were a stupid team last week. They're a soft team. They're mentally soft. When things are going great, they, they can beat anybody. They're the best team in the world. When they get punched in the mouth, they they they, they cower. They they remind me of those old Bulls teams. Um, when the when the when the Pistons used to punch them in the mouth and they cry and whine and complain, and they were just mentally weak. This team is a mentally weak team, and that's from one to twelve. They need to get some toughness. They need to get more guys like Al Horford who called them out before the Eastern Conference Finals started and, and really said, you know, we're taking we're not taking this seriously. He saw it then. This is a mentally soft team. They need to get it together. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, they have experience, so I agree somewhat. But, um, I mean, they, they went through so much turmoil in a matter of 365 days. It's, it's like, mystifying, like, they didn't expect to be at the top of the Eastern Conference again and be in the Eastern Conference Finals again. So I get it. The one thing is that they coddled their star too much. Um, they coddled yep. Tatum way too much. And um, for what they expect out of him, I'm not buying it. I, I could care less. How many times have you seen that shot clock get to seven, six, and he's still dribbling five, and he goes to his legs and they're in his face, and he just throws it to Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown has a throw up an erratic three that he can end up hitting because how dynamic he is. like, And Tatum will continue to do that and to put this team in a formidable situation because it's not likely that you're going to keep hitting shots like that. 
and this is one thing about the Celtics, and I don't even know if this is like tough or soft or whatever, they all, and I mean they all, settle for threes. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. And they sat up there and lived by the three, and they sure enough in game seven died by the three, getting pummeled in the middle of the garden. There was a statement made by Draymond Green. He said, through all of the racism and the tough stuff that you guys go through in Boston and give people hell, he said, I was happy as hell to see y'all lose. Just to the fans, not even just the team, more or less coming at the culture of Boston. So this is what y'all get. You make your bed, and you got to sleep in it. Mike, real quick, what do you think? Yeah, I. that's why I said I think a playmaker, I think somebody to help bring out some dog in these guys. Like, I agree with you. I, I really felt like this team was soft. I think they needed somebody to really, like, you know, all you need to know about Tatum was that he went a fourth quarter in a playoff game and didn't take a shot. And, you know, I said this, his idol would have rolled over in his grave uh, at the thought of that. Could you imagine a, a playoff mm-hmm. game where, a guy, you know, a guy like Kobe Bryant, who's one of the, you know, love him or hate him, one of the best competitors in this league, could you imagine him going an entire fourth quarter without taking a shot in the basketball game? Never would have happened. Maybe a first quarter because he was mad at Phil and Shaq and trying to prove a point or something, but never in a fourth <laughs> quarter. Uh, that's crazy to me. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, even sometimes uh, even sometimes uh, a player in their own corner that says, you know what, uh, shut up and play. Like, let your play do the talking. You're not happy about something, then punch back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that, that that's what this team needs. I, I do think that one of the – to TP's point, they have gone through a lot. But some more resiliency and some mental toughness is what this team is lacking. But I'm going to quote real quick. I know you said be quick about this. I'm going to, I'm going to change the, the I'm going to change the subject of the last sentence from singular to plural. But to quote Slick Rick and then once again Snoop Dogg, one day I can say a Lakers as a Lakers fan about the Celtics at the end of the season. If I can't have none, they can't either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Boston's got a lot of they got a lot to they got a lot of um things to figure out and the first thing is going to be that extension cuz Jalen Brown's got one year left on his current deal and he's eligible for that super max. I mean, two super maxes on one team is a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know how you get, let them go. I don't know how you do it, man. It's going to be really hard to build a team around them, and they, I, they, I hope they got picks. <laughs> That's all I can say. I hope they got picks around them. Um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the finals, brothers. Let's talk about uh, the, the Nuggets and and the the um, the Heat. So game one tomorrow, nine o'clock. Um, too late for me to stay up. I'll probably watch the first half and go to sleep because it's not my Knicks. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, but uh, maybe I'll stay up. I'll try. Um, Jokic and Butler, somebody's going to get their first chip. Um, you know, I think the odds are that the, the Nuggets are favored in this series. Um, doesn't really bode well for the team that comes off a sweep and then the team that, you know, goes through a seven-game series. The, the Nuggets haven't played in nine days. So, TP, um, who who gets the who gets the chip, man? Who who gets their first chip, and, and what it, what will it do for their legacy? I I I feel so like 
backed up against the wall with this question. Um, Because one, you see one proving the world wrong, and then the other, you see uh, a wild career come to an end. And that's Udonis Haslam. He is not playing, but he's been riding that sideline for however long he's been wanting to make it happen. And finally, they are back at the finals. He's been a part of all three of the championships that he'd have. And they are back in the finals. And him and Jimmy Butler went at it last year. I remember last year they was about to fight each other, like, real bad. And it's happening. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like they're dedicating a lot of this to him, Um, even though Jimmy's his own man in his own right and is is the face of this organization, him and Spo. I don't even know who I give more credit to. Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA right now. I don't care who you want to line up. Exposure with what he has right now, especially with Harold not even playing. Tyler Harold should be on the floor with his broken hand. He can't play, and they are in the finals without him. Ridiculous. Now, to prove the world wrong, Jokic, I'd say it on behalf of myself. I apologize because you're making the game look so easy that bigs are probably looking at you like you giving us life. Like you're you're the speaker box for big men. Like big men can shoot the ball. They can dribble. They can go down there and cause havoc. They can do whatever they want. As long as the coach believes in you to go out there and play, Jokic, you are the example of every big man's dream, and you're making it happen, let alone you putting up triple doubles. And um, on behalf of myself, I was one of the people that was, like, arguing that you shouldn't have been MVP. For me to see it on a game-by-game basis now, like playoff series after playoff series, who did it better? Giannis got bumped even though he was injured. MB year right, stay in shape. Um, Jokic got in shape. Jokic was out of shape. Like, they couldn't really give him the leg that he wanted to. Jokic got in shape but took this thing serious. Everybody's scared of Nikola Jokic now. He is dedicated mm-hmm. to his team, and that's the one thing that I that I love about him is that he's totally, and I mean totally selfless. He gives credit to the team more than himself. MVP said, give this to them. It ain't me. Like, I'm like, who don't like this dude? Like, this dude is, is so likable, big teddy bear. But when he's out there on the floor, he's an animal monster. Every other reckless name you can put next to him, he's him. And um, for him to get rid of uh, Anthony Davis and, and LeBron like that and also have Jamal, just Jamal, just ease your way back into this thing. And Jamal like, man, I'm here too. Like, I'm going to put up 37 while you go crazy with this 30-point triple-double. They're doing this magic together. This is one incredible question. I really do not know how to answer this or who brings this back. It favors Denver because they have home court and they're in that altitude in Colorado. But Miami has gone into everybody's place. Everybody they played in the playoffs and have been the underdog in every series and have upset everybody. So um, I don't know which way to go. I've always loved the underdog story since I was eight years old, won my first championship, and they said, you guys are the underdog. We won a championship. I always love the story of an underdog. So if the Heat could pull this off, Jimmy Butler, you are etched in stone. They could put you on like a Mount Rushmore or definitely in Miami Mount Rushmore. Um, if Jokic gets this done, you better watch out. Denver could start running for a while if they could keep a lot of this core together. Um, if I had to pick, though, I would say Denver, but I do not want to put anything past what Spo has been X and Owen and what Jimmy's been able to do to anybody that's defending him. So, um, it's up in the air, but if I had to pick, I'd say Denver. Yeah, I mean, I like Denver too, but I, I totally agree with you. Spo is the best coach in the league right now, and 
not only Hero, but Oladipo, right, with the, that injury, two guys that they were heavily relying on um, on this team. You know, Kyle Lowry wasn't really doing much during the season, had got demoted to the bench, but he's able to get this there. Tough team mentally, more tough, way tougher than the Celtics. They come, they, they come to play. They don't beat themselves. They're never out of games. They believe in themselves. They, the coach believes in them. They, he puts them in the right position, and they just play hard. They're, they're a hard team to beat. Mike, who do you like in this series, man? So I'm going to save my pick for roundtable gumbo tomorrow night, but I will say this. Okay. Uh, I, I, believe in, I believe wholeheartedly as well. Spolster is the best coach in this league. Uh, it's crazy to me that, you know, as of now, he still has yet to get a Coach of the Year award. Uh, but I think I also agree with TP's comment about Jokic. Like, how can you not love this guy after watching him play and, and seeing what he's done? He does get a lot of other people involved. And, you know, people we, – we were talking about the bubble. It wasn't a fluke that they made the conference finals when they had him and Murray. Uh, and same with Miami, and now you're starting to see, you, you know, you get to see both of them here. I think it's fun because it's, you know, a lot. you could have made a lot of money if when the playoffs started you went in and laid money on uh, the Nuggets and the Heat, you know, playing in the uh, NBA Finals. But what I, I'll say this uh, leading into tomorrow night's show, what, what I'm really curious to see is – how this game starts. Uh, you know, I look at game one and Miami took it to Boston early and really blitzed them even on the road. And when I look at what Denver did to LA in that first quarter of game one, it was disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. The way they just blitzed them early. So tomorrow night I'm looking to see uh, – what kind of start each of these teams get off to? Can Denver really blitz them early on? You, you, they're going to have even fresher legs, so we'll see. And then I want to see how Miami's guys, especially some of the older guys like Glowey and those guys, you know, hold up in that altitude over the duration of an entire game. Um, and, and so we'll see tomorrow night. I, I use an interesting matchup, right? I really hope that we have some good games and that we have a a lengthy series, but. Uh, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight, so to speak. Um, but, you know, we talk about how much we all love the sport of basketball. And so I would encourage people, regardless of uh, who you may want to win or, or, you know, even if you're disappointed because your team didn't make it, like enjoy basketball while we got it, boys, because it ain't going to be back again for a few months. Yeah, I hope we get some good basketball out of this too. I mean, I like the the, the Nuggets in, in five. Um, to be honest with you, I think Denver um, is a complete team. They're on a mission. I think this is their time. I think we got to start talking about Jokic. Um, we got to start talking about him and putting respect on this guy's name, two-time MVP. Um, and if, you know, I, I said it, and you said it on the show too. If he, you know, doesn't get it done this year, we need to start holding him accountable um, as one of the best players in the league. And if he does get that chip, we got to start talking to by him in a whole different light. And I think it's really about putting respect in his name. Jamal Murray, you know, heck of a player, not Bubble Murray or what have you. 
Um, but Jokic, man, it's it's time. It it's there's no reason why he shouldn't be holding up uh the the trophy this year. The the O'Brien trophy. So um if he does we we gotta have that conversation. Malone's a heck of a coach. I think Spolcher's a better coach, but Malone, you know, give him credit. He's pushed the right buttons, got this team where they, they needed to be. It could have easily gone the other way in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, every game was close, but the the Nuggets were the better team, and I think the better team won that series. And I, I really do think the Nuggets are going to pull this one out. Don't count the heat out, because every 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 series we've done it, and every series they basically gave us a finger because they they just come out and said, "No, nah, we're we're better than that." And you, you know, you you can't count them out. But I think. I think this time they run up against it. But if they don't and they get that chip, man, playoff Jimmy is real. And, and you know, this will be Spolster's best coaching job, even though he has two rings uh, with LeBron. This will be his best coaching job uh, by far. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, anything to add, uh, boys? And then, you know, I'll, I think I'll, without I'll the chip, I think with, without the chip, playoff Jimmy is real. And it's proven to me. And I also think, even if they don't win this championship, I think this is the best coaching job Spolster has done. You got to look. This is eight seed. They lost their fir- they lost the first playing game to Atlanta. They were three minutes away from being eliminated in the second game. They pulled that out, and then, you know, they didn't have any easy gimmies to get um, to get through to this point. They knocked off the number one seed, and what was Boston, the two, right? So they beat the one and two seed out of the East to get there. Uh, this is as good a coaching job as I've ever seen from Eric Spolstra. And, you know, Jimmy Buckets is the truth. He could pass any lie detector test any day of the week. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, um, yeah, I would agree. I think this is his best coaching job. This 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 heat had no business being where they are. They they did at the beginning of the season because everybody thought that the Heat were a better team. They were at least a four or five seed, probably a four seed. Um and then they just could not hit shots. They they had injuries, they couldn't get it together and here they are where they should be. Honestly. Um I mean I don't know if they should have been in the finals, but they were a good enough team that when constructed this year, they should have been one of those teams that got to the finals, and here they are. But Bam's got to be Bam. He's got to be huge. He's got to make it hard for Jokic. I don't know if you can, but he's got to be big. He's got to he's got to put the pressure on him defensively. He's got to put pressure on the offensive side. He has to play out of his mind for them to have even the slightest chance. He has to put in trouble, or he has to put the pressure on Jokic on the defensive end. He's just got to – He ha, it, it can't be just Jimmy Butler. I thought in the, the – I thought he didn't. He didn't have that performance in the Eastern Conference Finals that he's had in 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 against the Knicks or against the um the Bucks. I think the the ankle injuries kind of slowing him down a little bit. But you know when they need him, he made shots, especially in the fourth quarter. But Bam's got to be huge. Bam's got to get it done, and he can't play one half and then not play the second half. He has to play you know four quarters all the way. I mean, TP. I don't know what you think, but you know that. That's the key for Miami. Yeah, he 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 is he is the reason Miami would win the the finals. 
Bam is what they need. Bam has to not let his lungs wear out on him, especially being up there in that altitude. I want you to think about the bigs that are behind him. What big is behind Bam if Bam gets in foul trouble? They're going to have to bring you Donald Haslam out there. Like, it, it's going to be tough for them to keep the floor. Like, I'll puzzle you. Go ahead and think of some bigs that they have. Like, they don't. It, it's more loaded with the front, I mean, the backcourt and swings as best as they can. And um, they're going to have to outrun Denver as best as they can. But Denver has bodies to throw at these guys. So it's going to be very tough for Bam. If Bam could actually, I ain't even going to say contain, but if he could just, you know, not get in foul trouble, not get tired, and keep Jokic to like a like a twenty two point triple double instead of like a thirty point triple double, then they may have a shot. But Bam is the X factor for the Miami Heat to win this thing, and it's tough that they're putting this type of pressure on him because they didn't want to get any other bigs to help out. But now this is the the problem that Pat Riley faces that you didn't bring any big bodies alongside with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can do a lot of heavy lifting, but this is like strong man of the year stuff. So if, if he's able to get this done, this will be an incredible feat. Bam is the X factor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bam's got to do it. He's got, they got to hit threes and Bam's got to be, he's definitely out of his mind um, for them to have a shot. But Denver, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Jokic, I used to give him crap. And I said it on another show that, you know, I felt like his triple doubles are empty calories stats. Like, but when you watch him play, it's it's boring to make the right plays. Like Tim Duncan was boring to watch because he he did everything right. He didn't make bad plays. That's kind of like Jokic. He, it's boring because he makes the right pass. He makes the right reads. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes on the court, and it just looks so easy that it's boring. But he really is a marvel to watch at his size and and, and his skill. It's insane to watch. Um, so. I don't know. You're right, TP. I don't know if you're going to stop him. I don't know if you can even slow him down. But you just got to make him work, and you got to put him in foul trouble. You got to put him. You got to put him on his heels somehow. And Bam's got to do that. You don't want Haslam out there because who's the who's the backup? Um, Ziegler. Ziegler is it? Is it? Um, the kid. I can't even remember his name. Cody Zeller from North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. After him, it's Haslam. Haslam got the money. He's like, he's like, what? Get, get in the game? Get in the game for what? I ain't coming for that. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but but we're, laughing, we're laughing and joking about this. What mm-hmm. perfect send-off, even if he lost, right? Udonis gets to play yeah. in the finals, though. Like, that'll be a perfect yeah. send-off just to play. And he be, listen, he's a year older than – so he came in in the year 2003. I think that's the year – no, 2002, excuse me. 2002 was the year that he graduated college and came to the league. Right. And, and then you get to leave in 2023 and get to have a final appearance, let him play. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially because you need him. He, he's another body that you need. So <laughs> he's going he's gonna to hopefully get some playing time out there. He has to. I hope so. It just, I, to me, it doesn't look like he want to play. Just like I, I'm good being the 12 guy. Don't bother me. I, I you know, I ain't come, I ain't coming to work. My son got shot. I ain't coming to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but now so this, this is his send off. This is his send off, and yeah. let alone earn this check now to get your four three yeah. and a half seven weight, Kyle LeBron, 
shoot, you got to go out here and do something. Um, ain't no guarantee. Bam could run up in these mountains, and, and Zella could hang with a big body seven-footer. Like, you got to have to go out there and bang like you normally do, so. That's right. Do something. But everybody's brought up that old, you know, when Joker, Jokic, uh, you know, snuffed uh, Mark, was it Morris in the back? And then Butler yeah. was coming after mm-hmm. him. Like I totally forgot about that. Like that's not if that's what you need to sell this finals, then we got a problem. Like just just use the stars. Don't use that old. Nobody cares. But I didn't even remember this, that until somebody brought it up. This like the aftermath if Miami wins the finals. Just picture that. That was that's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be crazy. Can you imagine? Oh my god. And can't count them out. Can't count them out, man. Like you can nope. count them out at your peril. That you know what I mean. At your peril. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would say. But it'll, it's going to be interesting, man. Starts tomorrow. I'm cooked. I'm 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 done. Mike, thank you for coming through. Give us a close. Give us a shout out. Whatever you want to do, bro. Thanks for pop, popping through. ESPN hey, uh, just came out. Uh, Monty Williams and the Detroit Pistons agree on a six-year, $28.5 million deal for him to become the next head coach in Detroit. So Monty Williams to uh, the Detroit Pistons. We we talked about that a couple times. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, I think they got a a lot of young talent. They're still a little bit of ways away from uh, contending, but I think he, you know, People forget before they got Chris Paul, they played pretty well in the bubble, which mm-hmm. is what facilitated that Chris Paul move. And that was a lot of young guys with Monty Williams. So I, I think that's a decent move for uh, Detroit. And I think uh, he's a guy that can help develop some of that talent there. I think it was time for Dwayne Casey to move on and, you know, for him to take a, a spot in the front office. I think it's probably a good move. But I think Monty Williams is a good move. It's, as uh, what they get, I thought maybe Nerds would go there, uh, but I think this is uh, this isn't a bad move for the Pistons. Uh, but that being said, man, uh, I've been to the cookout a little while, had some family things and other things going on, man. But it's always fun. Uh, don't forget about our uh, everything that we got going on. Check us out tomorrow night, Roundtable Gumbo. Uh, Thomas, you know what it is. You and I are always uh, cooking it up on Sunday mornings at the time of Sunday morning brunch. Much respect to you, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Villain, shout out to the other chefs, uh, Sirius and uh, Controversy and all those guys, man. Chandler, hopefully Chandler will be with me tomorrow night, co-hosting the Roundtable Gumbo show with me. And then uh, you know, just keep an eye out for other shows that we have going on. Big uh, shout out to PHI Apparel. Use that promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. If you want to get your uh, your Philly clothing, maybe, uh, maybe the – some of those Philly teams will uh, turn around or actually uh, get to the mountaintop instead of just, uh, uh, you know, in in view of it uh, in the next few years. But I hope not. But anyway, get your uh, Philly clothing and check them out. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, man. Remember, you can listen to us on all your uh, smart devices and everything else. And as we uh, say in Louisiana, bro, laissez-les bon temps roulet. Peace, love, I'm out here. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a it's a uh, was a six year deal. Seventy two million could get up to a hundred million uh, with ex- incentives. Um, you know, good coach that is really good with a rebuild. This is obviously a rebuild in Detroit. They got Cade in, in, in company. 
I like it, man. I think I think that if this is their target, they were looking at him as soon as he got fired, and they got their guy. So I like this move for Detroit, and um, you know I think it's going to work out pretty well for them. Um, and, and hey, listen, Scott Perry not coming back in New York. Um, you know what? His his run here settled the Knicks. Didn't um, do anything bad. I thought I think he had some good drafts. Brought some some players in here. Um, not great players like uh, Fournier, but, you know, I think he did a good job with this team and, and, you know, hasn't really messed anything up here and kind of gave some stability to the Knicks front office. So uh, thank you, Scott Perry, for everything you did, and we're moving forward. But, you know, shout-out to PHI Apparel. Get to their website. Use the promo code CHEFS. Get 15% off that order. Uh, PP, always a pleasure doing a show with you. Good to hear you. Uh, You know what to do. Get us out of here, bro. So I saved this for last. I didn't want to waste too much time on it. There's good and bad in sports. I'll do the bad first because I like to get the bad out the way and leave on a good note. The bad is a player that I wanted to see come out of college and go to my team, but he's not going to do it. Zach Eady is staying in school and attending another year at Purdue University. I know for sure the Thunder will not get him, so I'm extremely frustrated. But I, I thought we probably have an opportunity at him this year. But um, I know for sure coming out of college, he will be the number one pick. Seven foot four monster. Seven foot four is the thing now in basketball. The good news is, that's right, Sports City. I told y'all about racism and how I do not like it. I was brought up in a diverse city, grew up around all ethnicities. And Skip Bayless, you get what you asked for. Shannon Sharp is now stepping down and away from undisputed. Skip is now by himself. Once again, that happened right before this show started as Shannon announced that he will no longer be a part of Fox Sports and uh, dealing with Skip at this time, too. So I had to get that out. I feel so much better about this. I want to see how life goes on for Skip. Of course he will. Of course he's a money market for that network, but I want to see how he proceeds and who's the next victim to run alongside Skip Bayless. Mm, To be continued. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, 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 Sports Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.